U.S. President Joe Biden spoke at the United Nations General Assembly on September 21st and delivered a speech that was full of so many lies, so many distortions, so much propaganda. It was really a, a clear attempt by the United States to try to rewrite history and portray itself as the defender of international law and democracy, ignoring the blatant fact that everyone in the world knows that the U.S. government is the world's leading violator of international law. And of course, Biden spent a huge chunk of his speech condemning Russia as this evil boogeyman. And the irony is that pretty much every single thing he said about Russia is just as true of the United States, if not significantly more true for the United States. So what I wanted to do in this video and podcast is I wanted to provide historical context and fact check some of the main points that Biden made in his speech, because, of course, the corporate media is not going to criticize all these things that he's saying. I'm, I'm going to go through chronologically and, and take some of the most important points that Biden said and respond to them. So I'm just going to start right at the beginning of the speech. Biden opens it claiming that the war in Ukraine is a brutal, needless war chosen by one man. Here's that clip and a brutal, needless war. A war chosen by one man, to be very blunt. Of course, when Biden says one man, we all know what he means. He means Vladimir Putin, the Russian president. What's incredible about this is that this ignores so much history. The proxy war in Ukraine, which is, it's not a war between Russia and Ukraine. It's a war between NATO, led by the United States, and Russia. It's a proxy war in Ukraine, and the United States and NATO are using Ukraine to wage war on Russia. This has been acknowledged by the Defense Secretary in the United States, Lloyd Austin, a former lobbyist for the weapons corporation Raytheon. Lloyd Austin said that the U.S. goal is to weaken Russia. Former State Department official Elliot Cohen wrote in The Atlantic magazine that the, U that the U.S. and NATO are waging a proxy war on Russia. Hal Brands, a former Pentagon official writing in The Washington Post, admitted that NATO and the U.S. are waging a proxy war on Russia via Ukraine, and they're fighting for the last Ukrainian. This is a proxy war. But even aside from that, trying to make this all about Vladimir Putin, the war in Ukraine began not on February 24th, 2022, when Russia invaded Ukraine. It began in 2014. What happened in 2014? The U.S. orchestrated a coup that violently overthrew Ukraine's democratically elected government, in which far-right extremists played a key role as the violent muscle behind the coup. We have a leaked recording from the third-in-command of the State Department today, Victoria Nuland. She was in the State Department back then, in 2014, and you can hear her deciding who the leaders of the post-coup regime would be in Ukraine. It's a smoking gun piece of evidence showing that the U.S. was involved in orchestrating this coup. After the coup, it set off a civil war in Ukraine, and then that is what led Russia to annex Crimea after a democratic referendum in which more than 90% of people in Crimea joined, voted to join Russia. It set off a civil war. And according to the United Nations, between 2014 and the end of 2021, before Russia sent in a single troop, 14,000 Ukrainians died. And the majority of the civilian casualties were in Donbass in eastern Ukraine. That is to say that they were killed or wounded by the Ukrainian regime and its Western backers. And the U.S. and European countries sent billions of dollars of military assistance to Ukraine between 2014 and, and the end of 2021. And we now know that the CIA and the U.S. military were training Ukrainian forces as, as, re, as far back as 2015. So this attempt to make it all about Putin, it's infantile, it's propaganda. This, this proxy war is much bigger. But of course... Biden's entire speech is dedicated to trying to erase the history of U.S. war and, and U.S. empire. So let me go to this next clip, which is so insanely hypocritical, where Biden condemns Russia for violating the U.N. charter, which Russia did violate the U.N. charter by invading a country, which the United States has done dozens of times just in the past few decades. So here, here's this clip, and I'm going to respond because it's incredibly hypocritical. Let us speak plainly. A permanent member of the United Nations Security Council, 
invaded its neighbor, attempted to erase a sovereign state from the map. Russia has shamelessly violated the core tenets of the United Nations Charter. No more important than the clear prohibition against countries taking the territory of their neighbor by force. Now, if you listen carefully to what Biden said there, he's throwing in some weasel words to try to make room for the U.S. to not sound hypocritical. He's saying countries shouldn't invade their neighbor. But the United States, sure, it hasn't invaded its neighbors. Well, it invaded Mexico in, in 1846 to 1848. But ignoring that, more recently, in the past few decades, the United States has invaded numerous countries. I mean, uh, go back, obviously, to Korea, Vietnam, uh, Grenada in 1983, Panama in 1989, Iraq the first time in 1991, Iraq the second time in 2003, Afghanistan, Yugoslavia in the 1990s, uh, Libya in 2011, Syria right now, right at this moment, Syria is being illegally militarily occupied by U.S. soldiers. Biden refuses to remove those U.S. soldiers that are occupying the oil and wheat rich regions in Syria, denying the Syrian government revenue it needs to rebuild after 10 years of a proxy war fueled by the U.S. Donald Trump admitted that the U.S. is, is stealing Syria's oil and preventing the Syrian government from using oil revenue to rebuild. Biden is continuing that policy. So while he condemns Russia for invading Ukraine, which Russia obviously did, and that did violate the U.N. charter, the U.S. right now is still invading Syria. The U.S. still has troops in dozens of countries around the world. According to the U.S. Congress's own statistics, I have a report about this at multipolarista.com and a video and a podcast. According to the Congressional Research Service, the United States military has carried out 251 foreign interventions just since 1991. So he gets up on the stage, Biden, and condemns Russia for, for violating the UN Charter by invading countries, ignoring the blatant facts staring everyone in the face that the US invades more countries than every other country on earth combined. The hypocrisy is truly unbelievable. But this is, this is the beginning. I, I still have only gone through one minute of Biden's speech. Let, let's continue a bit more and listen to more of this ridiculous propaganda. Here, Biden once again tries to rewrite the history of the proxy war in Ukraine and claiming that Russia just invaded because it's this evil boogeyman and it just is evil and wanted to invade Russia, Ukraine to destroy Ukraine. Here's this quote. But no one threatened Russia and no one other than Russia sought conflict. In fact, we warned it was coming and with many of you, we work to try to avert it. This is another blatant attempt by Biden to rewrite history and very recent history. Biden claims that the U.S. and the West in general didn't want war in Ukraine, ignoring the blatant facts like one in December of 2021, Russia sent demands for written security guarantees to the U.S., the European Union and NATO saying they wanted written security guarantees in order to prevent a conflict. And what was the response of the West? Ignoring all of Russia's demands for written security guarantees. Then you also have the Minsk II agreement, which was negotiated back in 2015. The Minsk II agreement said very clearly, this was negotiated between Ukraine and Russia with the support of Germany and France. It said very clearly that Ukraine had to provide autonomy for the Donbass. Ukraine refused to do that. Instead, Ukraine violated the MIS-2 agreement, buying Turkish drones, attacking Donbass. I mean, the, the West can constantly push Ukraine to escalate this proxy war in, against Russia from 2014 until 2022. For eight years, 14,000 Ukrainians died. The U.S. already sent billions of dollars of weapons and military assistance to Ukraine in this time. This isn't all this is also ignoring the fact that Russia has made very clear going back to 2007 that Ukraine joining NATO is a red line, a security red line for Russia. 
Ukraine, as, as recently as early 2022, Zelensky was talking about putting nuclear, not only joining NATO, but putting nuclear weapons in Ukraine on Russia's borders. Imagine Russia organized a coup that overthrew Mexico's democratically elected government. And in, in, in that coup, far-right extremists, let, let's say drug cartels, played a key role. And then were integrated into the state security services in Mexico. And then what happened? Mexico started a civil war right on the U.S. border, which bled over into the southern U.S. Southern U.S. and thousands of people died. And Russia was fueling this proxy war in Mexico. Imagine, and then they were talking about putting nuclear weapons in Mexico on the U.S. border. What would the U.S. response be to that? Russia has consistently said since 2007, Ukraine cannot join NATO. And what happened since 2008, since the Bucharest NATO summit, the U.S. has said Ukraine is going to join NATO, which is an offensive military alliance, which destroyed Yugoslavia, which destroyed Libya. Libya was the most prosperous country in Africa. Today, there, are, there is no central state. The country is still at a state in a state of civil war which it has been in since 2011. There are open-air slave markets for sub-Saharan African refugees because NATO liberated the Libyan people, in scare quotes, by destroying their government. NATO is an offensive military alliance. It always has been. It has nothing to do with defense. It has nothing to do with democracy. Some of its founding members included the fascist dictatorship of Portugal. It, it, it is not about democracy. And even the former U.S. ambassador to Russia... William Burns, who is now CIA director, in 2008, he published a U.S. embassy cable titled Niet Means Niet. This is the document. We only have it thanks to WikiLeaks, which, which is why journalist Julian Assange is a political prisoner right now. In this document, the U.S. ambassador to Russia, William Burns, current CIA director, he warned that it is, this is a red line issue for Russia that Ukraine cannot join NATO, or he wrote, quote, it could potentially split the country in two, leading to violence or even some claim civil war, which would force Russia to decide whether to intervene. This is exactly what happened. The U.S. government knew this going back to 2008, and it continued pushing, surrounding Russia with NATO members with hostile military bases doing military exercises on Russia's borders and then trying to poke the bear, trying to poke the bear constantly, poke, 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 poke. And then it bit NATO's finger. And now Biden says, oh, Russia is this evil boogeyman and it's invading a country. God forbid the U.S. would never invade a country. Uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, Syria, Libya, Grenada, uh, Panama, uh, Yugoslavia. I mean, the list goes on. Vietnam, Korea. Anyway, I mean, the hypocrisy is mind-blowing. But like I said, there still is so much to respond to in this ridiculous propaganda. Here, here's another quote from Biden in which he says that countries with imperial ambitions could, could challenge everything the UN stands for. Here's this quote. To hold Russia accountable for the atrocities and war crimes. Because if nations can pursue their imperial ambitions without consequences, then we put at risk everything this very institution stands for. Everything. I, I mean, this, this clip just speaks for itself. The U.S. accusing another country of imperial ambitions is mind-blowingly hypocritical. What about the U.S. invasion of Iraq? The U.N. Secretary General Kofi Annan said very clearly that the U.S. violated international law by invading Iraq. Here is The Guardian reporting back in 2004. Iraq war was illegal and breached U.N. charter, says Annan. That's Kofi Annan, who was the U.N. Secretary General at the time. So Biden, who supported the Iraq war, saying that countries with imperial ambitions invading other countries delegitimizes the UN. Uh, dude, you have delegitimized this institution more than any other country on the earth combined, and all of them combined. It's just, it's so mind-blowing to see the arrogance of these U.S. imperialist politicians who are war criminals, who have the blood of millions of victims on their hand, and then they accuse their adversaries 
of exactly what they do at an exponentially worse level. I mean, un unbelievable. Anyway, so there's so many lies in this speech. Here's another insane, ridiculous claim from Biden. Here's this clip. The United States wants this war to end on just terms, on terms we all signed up for. This is just another ridiculous lie. Not only did the US, NATO, and the EU refuse to negotiate with Russia and provide any written security guarantees in December 2021, not only did they refuse to pressure Ukraine to abide by the Minsk II protocol, which could have prevented the conflict, not only did they continue fueling the proxy war from 2014 until 2022 when Russia invaded in February. But furthermore, we know, we have evidence from Western sources that the West destroyed a negotiated settlement, a peace deal that Russia and Ukraine had agreed to in April, in April of 2022. I have a report about this at multipolarisa.com. I have a video and a podcast titled West Killed Peace Proposal to End Ukraine War, Russia Supported Negotiated Settlement. And it shows how, even according to a, a report in a mainstream Ukrainian newspaper, which is very anti-Russian, this is not you know pro-Russian propaganda, it admitted, this Ukrainian newspaper called Ukrainska Pravda, it admitted that Ukraine and Russia had agreed to a peace deal to end the war when they had peace talks in March, just one month into this new phase of the conflict, they sat down in Istanbul, Turkey and had peace talks and they came to a settlement. And what happened? Britain, British Prime Minister Boris Johnson sabotaged the peace agreement in coalition with the West, with the US and other European countries. This was further confirmed in Foreign Affairs magazine, the mouthpiece of the Council on Foreign Relations linked to the US State Department and Wall Street in, in an article co-written by the a, a, an Obama administration official who was senior director for Russia in the, on the U.S. National Security Council. She wrote in this article in Foreign Affairs, admitting that according to multiple former senior U.S. officials we spoke with, in April 2022, Russian and Ukrainian negotiators appeared to have tentatively agreed on the outlines of a negotiated interim settlement. Russia would withdraw to its position on February 23rd, the day before it invaded, when it controlled part of the Donbass region and all of Crimea. And in exchange, Ukraine would promise not to seek NATO membership and instead receive security guarantees. What happened? The West sabotaged that peace agreement. Biden is lying. It is not true. It's a lie. The West has not supported peace in Ukraine. The U.S. has made it clear. Lloyd Austin has made it clear. The U.S. goal is to weaken Russia by bleeding Russia via Ukraine, using Ukraine as a battering ram. Those are the exact words of a former Pentagon official, Hal Brands, writing in the Washington Post slash Bloomberg this May in an article titled, Russia is right, the U.S. is waging a proxy war on Ukraine. He said very clearly, it is a proxy war in which the world's most powerful military alliance NATO is using Ukraine as a battering ram against the Russian state. This guy is a former Pentagon official. He is now the Henry Kissinger Distinguished Professor at Johns Hopkins University, which is closely linked to the U.S. government. In the same article, he wrote, quote, Ukrainian forces are nothing if not committed. They have been willing in many cases to fight to the last man. This is a former Pentagon official admitting that the U.S. and NATO are bleeding Ukrainians in order to weaken Russia. They're fighting to the last Ukrainian. Biden is lying. The West does not want peace. They have sabotaged every attempt at a peace deal. In fact, Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador, AMLO, he just proposed this September a peace agreement involving the United Nations, the Pope, and India in order to negotiate a peace deal to end the war in Ukraine. And what happened? Ukraine and its Western backers, they rejected the deal, and they said that, that ending the war with a peace deal would help Russia. They accused AMLO of being pro-Russia by calling for peace to end the war. Biden is lying at the United Nations. The U.S. does not want peace.
It's a blatant lie. The U.S. wants to overthrow the Russian government. Biden himself said that in a speech in Poland. He said the U.S. goal is overthrowing the Russian government. I know the U.S. political class and media have the attention span and memory of a goldfish, and they can't remember what happened a few months ago. But here's a report in CNBC this March. Biden says Putin cannot remain in power in sweeping speech on Russian invasion of Ukraine. It was a, speaking, a sweeping speech he delivered in Poland. He made it very clear the U.S. goal is to overthrow the Russian government. And that's why the U.S. doesn't want peace in Ukraine, because it wants to continue to escalate this war, because th these U.S. imperialists truly believe they think that they're on the verge of overthrowing the Russian government. They can recolonize Russia like they did in the 1990s, and then they can focus their attention on destroying China as well. That's the U.S. grand strategy. So... There, anyway, let me continue. There, there's so many lies in this speech, so many distortions. This, this next part is just pablum. It's ridiculous. Biden says that the U.S. is waging a struggle between democracy and autocracy. Here's this ridiculous pablum. Now, it's no secret that in the contest between democracy and autocracy, the United States and I as president champion a vision for our world that's grounded in the values of democracy. The United States is determined to defend and strengthen democracy at home and around the world. Of course, anyone who knows anything about the most basic history of U.S. foreign policy knows that the United States has supported the vast majority of the dictators around the world. In fact, recently, Biden just visited Saudi Arabia, one of the least democratic countries on Earth, a theocratic absolute monarchy to try to convince Saudi Arabia to cut its ties with China and Russia and remain firmly in the U.S. imperialist camp. It shows how, how much he actually cares about democracy when, it's com when it comes to battling this, this geopolitical battle, this new Cold War against China and Russia. This, isn't, this is also is, of course, ignoring the fact that the U.S. itself is not a democracy. This was acknowledged by a study that was published by a professor at Princeton University. This was admitted even by the BBC, British state media. This is back in 2014 in, in BBC. Title, study, U.S. is an oligarchy, not a democracy. It, it quotes a study, an academic study, published by researchers at Princeton University and Northwestern University. They published a scientific article in an academic journal that found out that according to multivariate analysis, quote, economic elites and organized groups representing business interests have substantial independent impacts on U.S. government policy, while average citizens and mass-based interest groups have little or no independent influence. So the U.S. is not a democracy. It's an oligarchy controlled by capitalist oligarch elites. Capitalists control everything, big corporations, not average people. This, this academic study by a Princeton scholar found, quote, when a majority of citizens disagrees with economic elites and or with organized interests, they generally lose. Moreover, because of the strong status quo bias built into the U.S. political system, even when fairly large majorities of Americans favor policy change, they generally do not get it. These scholars concluded that while people in the U.S. ostensibly have freedom of speech, the reality is that, quote, we believe that if policymaking is dominated by powerful business organizations and a small number of affluent Americans, then America's claim to being a democratic society are seriously threatened. The U.S. is not a democracy. Biden keeps saying it's about democracy versus autocracy. No, it's ridiculous. The U.S., has been one of the main enemies of democracy around the world. We see, look at the number of coups that the CIA has backed constantly throughout history, not just going back to 1953, the CIA coup against Iran's first democratically elected leader to steal its oil on behalf of Western corporations. Not only the coup in 1954 in Guatemala against the democratically elected President Arbenz, who tried to redistribute land away from U.S. corporations and give it to poor people. Not only the CIA coup against Chile's democratically elected president in 1973, Salvador Allende, to try to to install a fascist dictatorship, a military dictatorship backed by the United States of Pinochet. Even more recently, 
In 2002, the U.S.-backed a coup that overthrew briefly Venezuela's democratically elected president, Hugo Chavez. The U.S. has continued constant coup attempts against Venezuela's democratically elected government. It is elected. In 2019, the U.S. backed a fascist coup against Bolivia's democratically elected president, Evo Morales, and installed an unelected fascist coup regime that murdered pro-democracy activists and carried out brutal mass repression. I mean, the U.S. has carried out so many coups. In 2009, in Honduras, the U.S. overthrew Honduras's democratically elected leader and, and, and installed and backed a series of right-wing dictatorships right up until the end of 2021. So Biden himself was involved in numerous coups that I mentioned there, including the coup in Honduras in 2009 when he was vice president, the coup that overthrew the democratically elected president in Brazil in 2016, also backed by Biden when he was vice president, against the president in Paraguay, Lugo, in 2012, this is nothing to do with democracy and autocracy. This is about U.S. imperialism because the U.S. and Wall Street and large corporations are trying to recolonize the entire planet so they can take their natural resources and so rich billionaire capitalists can continue to make more money while working people around the world, especially in the global south, are exploited to make profits for Western corporations. So let, let's continue with more of this propaganda from Biden's UN speech. This, this I mean, the, the hypocrisy is, is mind-blowing. I reject the use of violence and war to conquer nations or expand borders through bloodshed, to stand against global politics of fear and coercion, to defend the sovereign rights of smaller nations as equal to those of larger ones, to embrace Basic principles like freedom of navigation, respect for international law. <laughs> it's like I'm living in opposite land. Biden says that the U.S. rejects the use of violence and war to conquer nations. Iraq two times, Libya, Syria, Yemen, Afghanistan, Grenada, uh, Panama, Vietnam, Korea. The list goes on endlessly. I mean, the hypocrisy is mind-blowing. He says that the U.S. is defending the sovereign rights of smaller nations. What? The U.S. has never done that. Not only with its invasions and coup attempts and regime change operations, but also Puerto Rico is a U.S. colony. The, the Virgin Islands, Hawaii itself. I mean, it, the hypocrisy is just mind-blowing. He says that the U.S. respects international law. The U.S. violates international law more than any other country on earth. The U.S. quite literally has a law that is called the Hague Invasion Act. Here is Human Rights Watch, which is extremely biased on behalf of the U.S. government and other Western governments. But even it had to admit back in 2002 that the U.S. government passing the Hague Invasion Act is an incredible violation of international law. They note this was signed by the Bush administration, but it's still in power. It says that the law authorizes the use of military force to liberate any American or citizen of a U.S. allied country being held by the International Criminal Court at The Hague. This is the U.S. literally saying that not only does it not care about international law, it is willing to invade the Netherlands, to invade the International Criminal Court, to, to take anyone away who's being prosecuted if the U.S. doesn't want them to be prosecuted. Not only U.S. citizens, but anyone of a U.S. allied country. This is the definition of being a rogue state, of being an authoritarian regime that is not only threatening to violate international law, it's threatening to invade a U.S. ally. I mean, you have to live on Mars to believe anything that Biden is saying in the speech. And you can bet that most of the 193 member states of the United Nations, when they heard Biden speaking, they just rolled their eyes in disgust at the mind-blowing hypocrisy of these imperialists. And it just continues endlessly in the speech. Here's another incredible, incredibly hypocritical moment. Members of the UN Security Council, including the United States, should consistently uphold and defend the UN Charter and refrain refrain from the use of the veto 
except in rare, extraordinary situations, to ensure that the Council remains credible and effective. So here, Biden claims that the U.S. is going to try to refrain from using the veto in the U.N. Security Council, although he said except in rare, extraordinary situations. So he's not actually going to change anything. Let's keep in mind that the United States has used its veto in the U.N. Security Council 82 times. The only other country that has done it more is Russia and the former Soviet Union. The U.S. comes in second place. So once again... The U.S. is attacking Russia for something that the U.S. does constantly. How many times has China vetoed a U.N. Security Council resolution? 17 times. How many times has the U.S.? 82 times. Once again, it's just everything that the U.S. is accusing Russia of is exactly what the U.S. does. This speech is just, ah, uh, it is so infuriating. So here is another ridiculous piece of propaganda from Biden. I'll play the clip. Russia, in the meantime, is pumping out lies, trying to pin the blame for the crisis, the food crisis, on the sanctions imposed by many in the world for the aggression against Ukraine. So let me be perfectly clear about something. Our sanctions explicitly allow, explicitly allow, Russia, the ability to export food and fertilizer. No limitation. This is another incredibly deceptive piece of propaganda that we constantly hear from the U.S. government. Washington claims, oh, our sanctions, which are illegal, by the way, according to international law. Biden says he wants to support international law. Unilateral sanctions imposed unilaterally by the United States or Europe without the support of the U.N. Security Council are illegal. They are called unilateral coercive measures. They, are, they violate the UN Charter, which the Biden claims that he now supposedly supports. But anyway, the point is that the US constantly claims when it imposes these illegal sanctions that they make exceptions for food and medicine. That's not true. The US said that about Venezuela. It wasn't true. The US said that about Iran. It wasn't true. In fact, currently in the State Department, in Biden's State Department, the Iran special envoy, Richard Nephew, wrote a book called The Art of Sanctions, in which he boasted that U.S. sanctions on Iran made it difficult for Iranians to buy food. He boasted that it caused the price of chicken to skyrocket in Iran. He boasted that it made Iranians poorer and more hungry. So this is a lie. The U.S. constantly says this, and everyone in the world knows it's a lie, except people who have been brainwashed by Western propaganda in, in the media. It's simply not true. And we've seen that because what happens? The U.S. says there are supposedly exceptions, but countries and companies don't want to do business in countries that are sanctioned by the U.S. because they're afraid of secondary sanctions. So they overcompensate for the sanctions that the U.S. illegally imposes. And that causes countries like Venezuela and Iran and Cuba which are under these illegal U.S. sanctions, it causes food shortages and energy shortages and fertilizer shortages and medicine shortages. Biden is lying once again. But like I said, there's so many lies in this. Here's another incredible lie from Biden. Here's this clip. And as Russia's war rolls, riles the global economy, we're also calling on major global creditors, including the non-Paris club countries, to transparently negotiate debt forgiveness for lower-income countries, to forestall broader economic and political crisis around the world. When I heard this, I couldn't believe my ears. The incredible lie that Biden is, is daring to utter here. The U.S. government does not forgive debt. Now, of course, what he's implying here, and especially when he talks about trying to renegotiate debt with non-Paris Club countries. He's specifically trying to refer to China. This is this whole myth of Chinese debt trap diplomacy. It's a complete lie. A, a mainstream respected scholar at Johns Hopkins University, Deborah Brautigam, has published research showing that it's a lie. She published an article in the Atlantic magazine, an, an establishment you know, mouthpiece of the ruling class in Washington, admitting that debt trap diplomacy 
at least by exercise by China, is not true. It's a lie. The U.S. is the country that engages in debt trap diplomacy. The U.S. constantly traps countries in debt using its soft power arms, the IMF and the World Bank. Right now, Argentina is trapped in $45 billion of odious debt from the IMF, and the U.S. is not forgiving that. Puerto Rico, a U.S. colony, is trapped in odious debt, and the U.S. did not forgive it. What was the response of the U.S. government? Instead of forgiving it, the U.S. imposed a colonial, unelected fiscal control board that manages all the finances of Puerto Rico, running it like the colony it is, so the people of Puerto Rico don't have democratic control over their own economy, over their own finances, over their government's policies. And then what happened? The non-Puerto Ricans on this U.S. colonial fiscal control board imposed neoliberal structural adjustment policies on the people of Puerto Rico, cutting wages, cutting pensions, cutting social services, cutting education spending. So that's what the U.S. actually does to countries trapped in odious debt. Honduras, I, I have a separate video and podcast and an article at multipolarisa.com specifically about the odious debt that Honduras is trapped in thanks to the U.S.-backed dictatorships that were installed after a U.S.-backed coup in Honduras in 2009. At the time of the 2009 U.S.-backed coup, Honduras had $2.48 billion in external debt. Now it has $9.25 billion in external debt. And the new democratically elected leftist president, Samara Castro, who is the first democratically elected president of Honduras since the U.S.-backed coup in 2009, she said that this debt is literally unpayable. It already eats up 50% of the government budget. When is Biden going to forgive Honduras's odious debt? He never will, because this is a lie. Another blatant lie that Biden is saying at the UN for propaganda and only, only people who have been thoroughly brainwashed by Western propaganda would believe this nonsense. The US is the world's leading example of a country that uses debt traps to try to forcibly impose neoliberal structural adjustment policies on countries so they privatize their state assets and sell them off to U.S. corporations. So they cut workers' protections. So they allow U.S. corporations in to exploit their industry, to destroy local competition and exploit their labor. The U.S. has done that around the world. And in his speech at the United Nations, Biden accuses China of doing that. And he attacks China's Belt and Road Initiative with a ridiculous clip here. He, he, listen to what he has to say here. Instead of infrastructure projects that generate huge and large debt without delivering on the promised advantages, let's meet the enormous infrastructure needs around the world with transparent investments, high standard projects that protect the rights of workers and the environment, key to the needs of the communities they serve, not to the contributor. That's why the United States, together with fellow G7 partners, launched a Partnership for Global Infrastructure and Investment we intend to collectively mobilize $600 billion in investment through this partnership by 2027. More ridiculous propaganda. This is, once again, Biden accusing China of exactly what the U.S. does by trapping countries in debt. And the difference is that the U.S. doesn't actually build infrastructure. Now, the U.S. and these European imperialists they claim that they're going to invest $600 billion. What he didn't mention is that these are public-private partnerships. That is to say, they are contracts for for-profit for private corporations. And we know the U.S. has a long history of claiming it's going to build infrastructure in these global South countries. It doesn't happen. Instead, what happens is that that money goes into the pockets of a bunch of elite corrupt capitalists the billionaire oligarchs and millionaire oligarchs in these global south countries that all have dual passports and their loyalty is not to their country. Their loyalty is to the U.S. empire. This is always what happens in these so-called public-private partnerships. Meanwhile, well, they claim the G7 imperialists claim they're going to invest $600 billion in public-private partnerships to supposedly build infrastructure. China is investing trillions of dollars to build infrastructure around the global south, and it's actually building that infrastructure. So... You can basically take Biden's speech and pretty much everything he says, just make it the opposite. And that would be true. So here is another ridiculous 
part of propaganda where he claims the U.S. doesn't want a new Cold War. Let me be direct about the competition between the United States and China. As we manage shifting geopolitical trends, the United States will conduct itself as a reasonable leader. We do not seek conflict. We do not seek a Cold War. We do not ask any nation to choose between the United States or any other partner. But the United States will be unabashed in promoting our vision of a free, open, secure, and prosperous world and what we have to offer communities of nations. Investments that are designed not to foster dependency, but to alleviate burdens and help nations become self-sufficient. More mind-blowingly false propaganda. I mean, first of all, the U.S. is the one that is waging the new Cold War, not China. The U.S. going back to the Obama administration when it declared the pivot to Asia and started moving its military forces to Asia, doing aggressive military exercises off the coast of China and the Taiwan Strait and the South China Sea, surrounding China with new missile systems. The U.S. is spending over $20 billion to surround China with offensive missile systems in the first island chain. The, the Trump administration continued the new Cold War on China with a trade war. Mike Pompeo, former CIA director turned Secretary of State, made it very clear in a, in a historic speech at the Richard Nixon Library that the U.S. goal is to overthrow the Chinese government. The U.S. supported violent uh, riots in Hong Kong aimed at trying to support separatists in Hong Kong. The U.S. is now trying to support separatists in Taiwan. Biden has repeatedly threatened war with China over Taiwan, which is part of China. I mean, everything that the U.S. is saying here is the exact opposite. The U.S. is the one waging the Cold War, not China. And then he says that the U.S. supposedly wants, it, that it doesn't want to force countries to choose between the U.S. or China. This is exactly what the U.S. is doing around the world. Biden just went to Saudi Arabia to tell Saudi Arabia to choose the U.S. and to cut its ties with China. This is exactly what the U.S. does everywhere. He is blatantly lying. He's lying just his, I mean, like everything he says here is a complete lie. And then he says the U.S. empire, it wants to alleviate burdens and help nations become self-sufficient. It's literally the exact opposite. That's why the U.S. destroyed Haiti's agriculture sector. It destroyed Haiti's rice industry to make Haiti dependent on U.S. rice. The, the Clinton administration did that, and Bill Clinton admitted that it was true. This is exactly what the U.S. did to Mexico through NAFTA, trying to destroy Mexico's local agriculture and then flooding Mexico's agricultural industry, flooding the markets with big ag pro products from Monsanto and these other U.S. corporations that destroyed local uh, farms and bankrupted peasants in Mexico. Everything that Biden is saying is a complete lie. A complete lie. Here's another insanely ridiculous moment in his speech. In Venezuela, where years of political oppression have driven more than six million people from that country, we urge the Venezuelan-led dialogue and return to free and fair elections. Venezuela has had more than 20 free and fair elections in the past 20 years with the Bolivarian Revolution. And the, the United Socialist Party of Venezuela, of Hugo Chavez and now Nicolas Maduro, they won the majority, but not all of those elections. In 2015, for instance, the socialists in Venezuela lost the National Assembly and they allowed the right-wing opposition backed by the U.S. to take over the National Assembly. And what happened? The U.S. initiated numerous coup attempts, violent coup attempts against Venezuela's democratically elected government. The U.S. does not want free and fair elections in Venezuela. In fact, Venezuela just had free and fair elections in November of 2021. They were regional elections and the European Union monitored those elections and said they were free and fair. The U.S. government refused to recognize the results. Why? Because the U.S. puppet Juan Guaido and his far-right U.S.-funded and U.S.-created political party, Voluntad Popular, they participated and they were crushed in a landslide. The United Socialist Party of Venezuela won those regional elections in November 2021 in a landslide, winning the vast majority of seats and that's why the U.S. refused to recognize the results, because their puppet, Guaido, was defeated in a landslide. 
even though the European Union itself monitored those elections. Biden says that the U.S. wants free and fair elections. No, they don't. The U.S. wants to overthrow the socialist government in Venezuela, the Chavistas, purge them like it did in Chile with a fascist purge, like, like, like they also tried to do in Nicaragua with the Sandinistas in 2018, a violent purge, killing Sandinistas, and then the U.S. wants to install its puppets. The U.S. says it wants free and fair elections. When they say free and fair, they mean elections in which our puppets win. And if our puppets lose, it's not free and fair. Biden is lying here. The U.S. wants a fascist coup regime in Venezuela like it had in, in Bolivia in 2020. A fascist coup regime in Bolivia that systematically violated democracy and destroyed the country. So much propaganda. Here is another just mind-blowingly ridiculous comment in which Biden praises the brutal genocidal apartheid regime in Israel. And we will continue to advocate for lasting negotiating peace between the Jewish and democratic state of Israel and the Palestinian people. The United States is committed to Israel's security full stop. And a negotiated two-state solution remains, in our view, the best way to ensure Israel's security and prosperity for the future and give the Palestinians the state which, to which they are entitled. Both sides, to fully respect the equal rights of their citizens, both people enjoy an equal measure of freedom and dignity. I mean, I don't even need to respond to this. This is what every U.S. president has said for decades. They claim they supposedly want a, a state for Palestine. And meanwhile, it, apartheid Israel colonizes more and more Palestinian land. The U.S. does nothing to stop apartheid Israel from continuing to illegally occupy Palestinian territory in the West Bank, which Israel has illegally violated since 1967. The United Nations has said that constantly, repeatedly, again and again and again, that apartheid Israel is in violation of international law. Biden claims he supports international law, but does nothing to actually pressure apartheid Israel to respect international law. In fact, Biden said earlier in his speech that the U.S. is going to stop using the veto in the Security Council, although he said ex excluding extraordinary circumstances, which means the U.S. is actually not going to change anything. But meanwhile, many of the times, of the 82 times that the U.S. has used its veto in the Security Council, is to defend apartheid Israel while it violates international law. So, I mean... Israel-Palestine is always just a classic example of the incredible imperial hypocrisy of the U.S. regime. This is here is an even more mind-blowingly hypocritical, lie-filled statement. Here's here's Biden. While the United States is prepared for a mutual return to the joint comprehensive plan of action, if Iran steps up to its obligations, the United States is clear we will not allow Iran to acquire a nuclear weapon. I mean, this just makes, like, this just, it's, Biden, the U.S. government lives on another planet. Here, Biden claims that Iran is the one that supposedly violated the JCPOA, the nuclear deal. It was Donald Trump that, that unilaterally destroyed the JCPOA, and now Biden who rightfully criticizes Trump all the time, he's now siding with Trump and accusing Iran of not meeting its obligations. The, the IAEA clearly said that, that Iran was the one that continued to abide by what it said it would do in the agreement. The IAEA made it very clear, the International Atomic Energy Agency, after Trump withdrew for months, for years, Iran continued to comply even though the U.S. reimposed sanctions, which destroyed the deal. And now Biden claims that Iran doesn't meet its obligations and is threatening to acquire a nuclear weapon. Well, the U.S. is the one that destroyed the deal. I mean, this is just sociopathic behavior. And I think Biden, at least when it comes to this moment in this part of the speech about the Iran nuclear deal, he knows that this is just completely full of BS. Like, no one on earth can listen to this and be like, oh, yeah, uh, you know, very, very good point. I Iran violated the JCPOA that Trump tore up unilaterally. All right. I, I mean, I just there's one final clip that I'm going to play here because I think, you know, 
on a slightly lighter note. This is a hilarious Freudian slip. Here, Biden talks about this ridiculous speech that was released by uh, Michelle Bachelet, the extremely biased neoliberal former head of the uh, UN Office of Human Rights. She re releases ridiculous biased reports on Venezuela and China that were clearly largely influenced by the U.S. government that were completely just nonsense, condemning Venezuela and China. And here in a Freudian slip, Biden accidentally refers to the U.N. High Commissioner for Human Rights as the U.S. High Commissioner, which says a lot about the actual interests that the institution serves. And yet today in 2022, fundamental freedoms are at risk in every part of our world, from the violations of in Xinjiang, detailed recent reports by the Office of UN and U.S. reports detailing by the U.S. High Commissioner. Very revealing Freudian, Freudian slip of the U.N. Human Rights Commission that actually is the U.S. Human Rights Commission. For people who are more interested about this, I mean, I've been blabbering long enough here, but uh, there is a very good article written by the former U.N. Special Rapporteur Alfred Zayas, a leading expert on international law who has a long history working with the United Nations. He wrote a really good article called The Flaws in the, in the, in the Assessment Report of the Office of the High Commissioner for Human Rights on China. And he just picks apart how incredibly ridiculous and biased this report is, which quite quotes a bunch of U.S. government-backed and Western government-backed propaganda. This far-right Christian fanatic, Adrian Zenz, who's been completely debunked. I mean... Michelle Bachelet, just a complete U.S. imperial puppet, she just she has done so much damage to the legitimacy of that office and done so much damage to the legitimacy of the United Nations. And Biden referring it to as the U.S. office, I mean, it says everything. Everything in this speech that Biden said is just completely nonsense. I mean, it, it, it's so hypocritical. It is mind-blowingly ridiculous. I've been ranting enough here. I, I just like... It, it, it's just incredible. Sometimes it just leaves me speechless how insanely hypocritical and sociopathic the U.S. empire and its imperial war criminals are in Washington. Every time the U.S. president speaks at the United Nations, it's just as nonsensical. It's just as ridiculous. Biden, Trump, Obama, Bush, they're all war criminals. They all live on another planet. And everything they say is just projection of the very same crimes against humanity that they commit on a daily basis.